This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Lots to go over from last night. I, I guess we can start with what I thought was the game of the night, and that was the Islanders and the Sabres, because there was just so much on the line in this game. The Islanders had the first wild card spot and just four points separating them and Buffalo, and Buffalo had three games in hand. So the winner of this game was going to be in great shape, especially if they won it clean, meaning they didn't have to give up any points to do it, and the Islanders did it, a 3-2 win in regulation, and they get the victory on a, on a fashion goal, 7:37 to the third period. He's only got, uh, was it, four goals on the season, but talking to the Islander people, they're very, very happy Hudson Fashing is going to have a nice future with this Islander team, and he scores midway through the third period. And so now the Islanders, not out of the woods, because 74 points, 66 games played, that's the most in the NHL. Buffalo still has the three games in hand, but now the separation is six points. Florida still lurking with 70 points. Ottawa with 68, also with three games in hand on the Islanders. But that was a game the Islanders needed to get in regulation. They got it, and... The Sabres are just frustrating because they're not taking advantage of these games in hand, and they've just been very average. They're 5-5, five and five, literally average over the last 10. Dropped a couple of games in a row. And I heard Chris King talking about this uh, during the broadcast when I was driving home, is that the Islanders, for whatever reason, had this scheduling quirk where they've played more games than everybody, and it seems like for the last couple of months. And they had as many as six games in hand or, or teams have had as many as six games in hand on the Islanders for like the last couple of months. And now that six, five, four has been reduced to three, two, one, and nobody's been able to really take advantage of it. The Islanders have still been able to maintain their playoff spot, six, two, and two in the last 10. And nobody has been able to take advantage of these games in hand. Florida still has one game. Ottawa and Buffalo both have three games in hand. Ottawa coming off a disappointing loss to Chicago. The other night, uh, Washington kind of still lurking, although they've dropped a couple. Uh, uh, they've, they've dropped one um, out west, and we'll see what happens there. But only three wins in their last ten. So give the Islanders credit. They've been able to sustain, maintain that, and now they're gonna, uh, the other teams are going to start catching up game-wise with them. Islanders will play another huge game against Pittsburgh. The Penguins sit in that second wild-card spot just a point back and that was a big win for Pittsburgh last night uh, as they were able to uh, grab a victory against Columbus slept walked through this game they were down three nothing after one and four nothing early in the second period but then the onslaught Zucker so underrated for this team picks up his 20th goal Gensel his 25th Zucker then scores his 21st and then uh, Heinen scores early in the third period to tie it. And then in overtime, the man, Sidney Crosby, on the power play, his 28th of the season. So they had 47 shots on goal. They played well. Um, they just didn't get the goaltending early in this game, but they were able to overcome it and survive because the Blue Jackets, again, how do you score four unanswered goals? And they only had 27 shots total in the contest. Um, but the Penguins' goaltending, not great, as both DeSmith and Jari played. Jari was the one that got pulled. So, again, not an attractive game by any stretch, but a game they needed to have. We've talked about it so many times that 
when you're battling for a playoff spot and you're playing Columbus, you're playing Arizona, you're playing Chicago, you know, the bottom feeders of the league, the Ducks, you've got to be able to win those games, and they did. And so, yeah, you don't like having to come back from 4 nothing down, but you did. You don't care about giving up the extra point to the Blue Jackets. They're out of it anyway. But a nice win for the Penguins as they were able to keep pace. Um, Hurricanes also kind of slept walk through their game against the Canadians. And give Montreal credit. They, they come to play every night. They don't have a ton of talent. You know, uh, they, They've lost so many really good players. Caulfield's been out for them for like the last month. But um, they, 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 put up a, they put up a fight and it looked like they were going to lose in regulation. There was a moment watching the games last night where Caroline is down in Montreal and the Devils are up against Toronto. And you're thinking, wow, maybe by the end of the night, it's possible that the Devils could catch Carolina if the Devils hold on to their lead and the Hurricanes lose in Montreal. Well, that changed quickly as Foss scores with less than four minutes to play in regulation to tie it. They eventually win in a six-round shootout. Kakanyemi got the game-winning goal to, to burn his old team in Montreal. And while that was happening in New, Jer- in New Jersey, the Devils were blowing another lead. They had a 3-2 lead midway through the third period. And then with less than five minutes to play, Bunting scores with 4.50 left in the game to tie it. And then Matthew scores moments later with under three to play to win it in regulation. So the Devils came that close to catching Carolina and now are down four points and Carolina still has a game in hand. So again, we've, had, we've been back and forth with this Devils team. They're a good team. They've got a ton of ability to score. But if you look at the Coyote game, where they were awful in the third period, you look at last night, awful in the third period again, you know, giving up three goals, um, that's, that's not where you want to live if you're going to try to advance in the postseason. Giving up leads in the third period, giving up a lot of goals in the third period. Now, to Toronto, there's no shame in that. But to Arizona, certainly. Now, the Devils are coming back from a trip. Toronto's good. Obviously, O'Reilly's out indefinitely because of that broken finger, so he wasn't in the lineup. But you know, just keep an eye on this Devils team. Things they need to clean up. That Arizona and Toronto game, very revealing to me as far as how they're going to play defensively and in goal if you want this team to be able to make a run, even with Timo Meyer. The Lightning, who have been brutal, they had to win against the Flyers and did uh, a 5-2 to two win despite the fact that they gave up the first goal again. But they came back, Kalorn is 18th, Kucherov is 24th, Colton, Kalorn ended up scoring his 19th. So a big win for the Lightning trying to kind of stabilize things. Again, they're not in any kind of trouble, but Toronto's trying, as far as having to win on the road, you know they can do it. So it's not that they have to win with get that second seed in the Atlantic Division. But now it's five points back. Both teams have played 64 games. And Tampa's not going to fall out of the Atlantic Division. Florida's not going to catch them. They've got an 11-point lead there. So maybe they're just going through the malaise. It doesn't matter. They won a game seven on the road last year in Toronto. So I don't know if they want to have to go that route again. But it looks like they might have to. But they did get the win. The story in this game, however, little altercation between... D'Angelo and Perry. And what I mean by altercation is Perry is engaged with another player. D'Angelo goes around into the altercation and just sticks his stick into where you don't want to get hit as a man. That was a Bush League play by D'Angelo. I don't know what was said, what uh, provoked him, but he's obviously going to get a hearing, so he's going to be out for a while. Um, D'Angelo, not the greatest of looks 
with the spear to Corey Perry in that game. Panthers, huge win over the Golden Knights, 2-1. to one. What a huge win for them. They've got to win a lot here because they've played 65 games, but Theodore gets the game winner on the power play. That came in the second period, scoreless third. And now Florida, they sit three points back of the Penguins. They've played two more games. But if you want to set your sights on the Islanders, you're four points back of the Islanders with a game in hand. So Panthers still very much alive in that Eastern Conference. Flames trying to stay alive as well. Huge um, win, one to nothing in the shootout as Markstrom plays tremendous, makes 40 saves in a, in a desperate time for the Flames who need every win they can get. So now they're four back of Winnipeg for that last wild card spot, but they played one more game. And as far as catching Seattle, they are nine points back of Seattle. So their best hope is to try to sneak into the wild card. But that was a huge win. Give Calgary credit. They've won a couple of games in a row and are trying to stay involved. Avalanche blast the Sharks. Six to nothing was the final score there. Just uh, an amazing offensive performance from what is a team that's kind of just looked like a sleeping giant to me. Six different goal scorers for Carolina. This one, McCarr gets his 18th. McKinnon, Ranton, and all the stars. Nikushkin, uh, Lekkinen, and they blast 43 shots on goal. And how about this? If you're looking for a team that, hey, they won a Stanley Cup, they've kind of been through a malaise during the course of the regular season. And I know it's only the San Jose Sharks. But they score six goals, six different goal scorers, 43 shots on goal. The San Jose Sharks had 13 shots on goal. 13. Two in the second, five, the two in the first, five in the second, three in the third. 13 shots on goal. That's as complete an effort as you're ever going to get. Coyotes, they knock off the blue 6-2 to two as the Coyotes continue uh, to play well. And if you're looking for just a gorgeous goal, Ducks lose to the um, the uh, Seattle Kraken 5-2. to two. But the story in this one, just another amazing goal from Zegras. Go to NHL.com and check it out. A goal between the legs that at the time made it a 2-1 to one game early in the second period. They'd go on to lose. But can you think of somebody that's had more attractive goals this season and over the last couple of seasons? than what Zegras has been able to do. Uh, McCann having a very underrated season for Seattle as he picks up a goal. He now has 31 goals on the season. I mean, how good has Jared McCann been for this team? He's got 50 points on the season, 31 goals, 19 assists. He's had quite the season for Seattle, who's going to go to the playoffs in their second year. Just three games tonight. Um, Really only one of significance, 7.30, the Wild at the Jets. That's self-explanatory. Red Wings and the Blackhawks and the Ducks and the Canucks. So TNT has a very unattractive doubleheader. I love hockey, but uh, those are gonna those are two games this late in the season. Don't really have any playoff implications. Maybe Detroit at Chicago. I know it's an original six matchup, but Detroit right now is in free fall. They've lost two games in a row. They've only won three in their last ten. They sit eight points back at Pittsburgh for the final wild card spot. They had their chance. There's some stars in the game. I get it. You got Larkin, who's having a good season, but TNT definitely drew the short straw in this one. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is always the way to get in touch with me, and we'll find out what you guys are thinking about here 
in the world of hockey. Let's go to David, who says, with the last length, with the last length of the season to go, what teams that haven't made a coaching change yet could see make a change at the end of the season or stick with for another season? I have to imagine the road is running out on Dallas Eakins and Anaheim. Yeah, that that sounds like somebody that's probably going to be out of a job. With um, Barry Trotz taking over in Nashville, if the Predators don't make the playoffs and it doesn't look like they're going to, is, is Hines going to be out in Nashville? Would the Coyotes make kind of a change? Those, those, are, the, those are the typical ones that, that pop into my head that will probably happen at the end of the season. Is, uh, is Sutter out in Calgary if they miss the postseason after um, losing to Edmonton in the second round last year despite winning the division, taking a huge step back? Because he kind of wears on people over time. Could that be a possibility? Those are some of the names that jumped into my head. All right, let's go to Tim. He says, hey, Don, um, taking your advice and heading to Montreal to see uh, them play the Devils this weekend. Any recommendations on bars and places to grab a bite post game? Well, uh, like, um, the, the, the sports bar within Montreal, La Caja Sports, is really good. They've got tremendous... Um, what do they call those? Um, those like like those mini hot dogs. You always get a hot dog in Montreal. It's great in the arena. They got those miniature hot dogs there. They'll have all the games on. That's a great place. Like right after the game, you don't even have to leave the arena. Um, there's a restaurant. I, I don't know the street, but it's right off of St. Catharines. Um, but the street that it's on, it's one of the side streets. But you can definitely find it. Montreal's a great walking city. That it doesn't take a long time to be able uh, to walk the city um there's a place called da vinci's it's an italian restaurant but it's a great steakhouse as well it's my favorite restaurant in montreal check it out great atmosphere very quaint not overly expensive you really enjoy that and if you want if you're a hockey fan i recommend this to people or just a sports fan in general you're probably gonna have to take a cab it's a little bit of a long walk because it's on sherbrooke go to um, where the Expos played. The Exhibition Stadium is still there. You can kind of check that out. And there's a there's the Rocket Richard Museum, which is right on the grounds of the old Exhibition Stadium. Check it out. It's a lot of fun if you're a big, like, classic um, hockey fan. The Richard, it's got, they, they can, you can watch the movie The Sweater in there. It's one of my favorite cities. It's so cool. The places to go. Um, a lot of great, poutine is great. You can get uh, great crepes. You can get great salted meats uh, right there, so you're gonna love. I, it's 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 between that and Vancouver, but because Montreal is so close, uh, Montreal always gets the nod as my favorite North American city. I love it. I love it. BQ says, "What do you think about Luke Hughes going right from college to playing important playoff games for the Devils? Excited to see him play, but feels very risky to me." It is. I mean, we've seen it before. The one that kind of jumps to mind is, if you remember, Sean Burke uh, had that playoff experience in 88 um, and it took them to the conference final, jumping from the Olympics there. So we've seen that before. Um, Fitzgerald's not going to do anything he believes is going to damage the kid. If he thinks he's ready, it's, it's probably worth doing. There's always a little bit of risk to it, especially the high leverage games that are being played. But he's a high draft choice. He's got his brother there to take care of him. Um, uh, it, it might it might be might be worth the shot. Uh, Sean says if you had an all star game format, but the four teams were U.S. states and their current NHLers, who would win? 
I think it would be Minnesota, New York, Massachusetts, and Michigan. Give me New York with Kane, McAvoy, Fox, Zegris, Tuck, Pinto, only lacking a goaltender. Wow, that's really good. God, I'm trying to think of New York-born goaltenders. The only one I can think of, and this is going back a ways, was Guy Bear. Remember Guy Bear from the Ducks? He was from Troy, New York. Jimmy Howard was a New Yorker, wasn't he? Jim, Jimmy the Howard's a good Wing. one, Anthony. That's a good one. Syracuse, right? Yeah, ah, Cuse. I, I, went to Cuse. Gonna, Not went I'm to Cuse. He was from Cuse. I'm going to look and see. But if you want to go with people that are still in the league, Keith Kincaid. Okay. Keith That's Kincaid a good was one. born in Farmingville. All right. And, you know, Jimmy Howard, um, yeah, Ogdensburg, New York. So, yeah, there you go. I think that I think you've hit it. Now, you, I'd have to go through all of them. God, that's a great game to play. I see 14 on a website I'm looking at right now. What's that? I see 14 goalies from New York on a website I'm looking at right now. In history? In history. In terms of games played. Uh, Howard had the most. Guy Bear had the second most. Mike Dunham mm, uh, had yeah. 394 games in the league. Uh, Robert Esch. Yeah. Uh, Keith Kincaid. Those are all over 100. Anybody else basically just had a cup of coffee. Robert Ash, he was a Philadelphia Flyer, played with Jeremy Roenick. Jeremy Roenick nicknamed him Chico. Now, why would you think he would nickname Robert Ash like Chico? Well, because the stick, his stick just said R. Ash. Like he didn't have the so, full yeah, name, so, Chico, so it right, said yeah. Resh, and I thought, you know, I thought that was kind of cute. It's you know honoring the uh, the tradition of hockey and Jeremy Roenick showing that he, you know, he one of the goaltenders that he uh, grew up watching. You never know what you're going to get here, Don. You know what? That's right. Just little things that kind of just pop into my head. I, I remember when I worked at the Fan during the '98 Olympics, we played this game of because in the mid '90s, you won't remember this because you were barely born. There was serious, I remember being at Sports Phone when they actually had the vote. That's how close it came to Quebec seceding from, from Canada and becoming its own country. They actually had a vote, and it was close. But they were also fugazi about it, too. They wanted, they, they wanted to keep Canadian money and still be protected by the Canadian military. That sounds bogus to me, but anyway. So since this was a conversation, and since it was during Olympic time, we, we thought... If you were able to have an Olympic team of just Quebec-born players, and at the time in the 90s, we came up with like a ton. You know, you have Martin St. Louis, Stefan Richer. Like we were able to come up with, they would have actually had a pretty potent and competitive country if they were by themselves. So that kind of reminded me when he was asking, like breaking down the different states and all the great players that come from the states. But yeah, New York certainly definitely can hold its own. With some of the really great players coming from New York, you've got a Norris Trophy winner in Fox. Zegras is terrific. Um, McAvoy is going to win a Norris Trophy, I guarantee it, at some point. Kane from Buffalo. Probably other guys that we're forgetting, too. But, um, yeah, New York is a, a bastion of really good uh, good hockey players. Tom, the way the wild card race is stacking up and the Metro standings are getting a little tighter at the end of the day, where do you think the Rangers will finish? I still believe the Rangers are going to finish third because there's just not a lot of time, right? Rangers right now to catch the Devils. They're nine points back of the Devils, same amount of games played. They've got one game left with New Jersey. 
So that's difficult in 19 games to be able to make up nine points. Not impossible, but that's going to be tough. As far as the Rangers getting caught, right now the Islanders are five points back, but they've played three more games than the Rangers. Pittsburgh, they're six points back with the same amount of games played. So that's where it could happen. Could the Rangers fall to the wild card? And here's why it can happen, because the Penguins have closed the gap. Same amount of games played, six points. Rangers and Penguins play three more times. And they play like an eight-game span. They're going to play this Sunday in Pittsburgh. And then they're going to play two games at the Garden next Thursday and next Saturday night. So if the Rangers slip up and get swept in those games, they've already lost to Pittsburgh earlier this season. That's the scenario. I still believe with this four days off, Rangers have some winnable games coming up against Montreal and Buffalo. They'll get their sea legs. They'll play better, and they will finish third. So as far as the wild card teams are concerned, if I had to bet right now because I'm getting a little tired of the Buffaloes and the Ottawas and, and, and now Detroit's out of it, not taking advantage of their games in hand, I think it's going to be the Islanders and the Penguins as the two wild card teams. Just a matter of where they finish and considering the fact that Pittsburgh's got three games in hand and play the Islanders coming up, I'll probably bet that the Islanders will be the two wild card and the Penguins will be the one. That, that would be my bet. I don't think the Rangers are going to get caught, and I don't think the Devils are going to get caught either. And I think maybe the Devils could have caught uh, the Hurricanes, but last night's an example where they let it slip through their fingers. Jacob says, oh, the Lightning finally out of their losing funk after their win over Philly last night. It's a win over Philly. No offense to Philly, but you're not exactly out of your funk because you beat the Flyers in your own building. All right? Hedman's obviously somebody they got to get right from a physical standpoint. I need to see more from the Lightning before I start saying, oh, they're out of their funk because they won 5-2 over you know, an also-ran in Philadelphia that doesn't really have very much going for them right now. Again, no offense. Now, when will we start to feel good about this uh, Lightning team? All right, they beat Philadelphia, home against Vegas, home against Chicago, home against Winnipeg, and then in the quirky schedules that we've got, back-to-back games in New Jersey against the Devils. So certainly the schedule outside of the game against Chicago is going to be tough. So then we'll see if they're out of their funk. Win the majority of those games. I I still think they're going to be okay. But at what point does the dynasty end? At what point do all the games that they played over the last few years start to catch up with an older team? You know, And then you look at that pandemic, that first cup where – you had that long four-month break, and then you played all those games in August, and the short turnaround playing in January, the 56-game schedule winning a cup there, and then going to the final last year. The games can really start to pile up on them. They're going to make the playoffs this year. I still like their chances no matter who they play, where they play. That's the one team you think that if anybody can upset Boston because they've kind of been there and done that. But you can also see maybe just fizzle out because that's kind of what happens with dynasties, right? Like one minute you're there, next minute you're not. The games kind of catch up with you. You know, all started by getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets a few years ago. And then since then, they've been nothing but money. Maybe it's starting to fizzle out. We'll see. There's still games left on their schedule that are very winnable. And they've played a um, grand total of 64 games. So they've got 18 games left to kind of right the ship. They're going to make the playoffs. They'll still be a very dangerous team. But as far as being a legitimate cup contender, I'm not really sure I feel that right now. But ask me again a month from now, I might have a completely 
different opinion. All right, Friday, big show. We'll have the top five of the week. Go over the weekend. Going to be a lot of fun. So we'll dive into that. Want to get in touch with me at Don LaGreca. Hashtag Game Misconduct is always the best way to do that. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.